You're listening to Marcus Sahaba Online Radio Podcast. On his segment, and uh, you all look forward to that segment, uh, which is uh, called, yeah, Travel Express. Travel Express with uh, none other than our own Ibrahim Vadakia. Ibrahim, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. And tell me, how are doing this fine, uh, beautiful evening? Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Brother Shafat, I am in uh, good nick. Alhamdulillah, by Allah's grace, of course, all is good. I mean, seeing that we've seen off uh, what threatened to be a uh, shutdown, national shutdown, with a damn squib at the end of the day, not much happened. But, uh, yeah, it just shows, you know, when the people, the good people stand together, anything is possible and anything can be achieved against these rascals. Yeah, imagine, you know, during the looting time, that was in uh, the July unrest, uh, we were... Mm-hmm caught unawares, uh, but, you know, we, we, we really struggled then, but we, uh, you know, we lost a few lives and so on. But at this yeah. time, with the coordination of the government and the CPFs and people like yourself, mm. you know, Beki uh, Kaele uh, says he collected uh, over 24,000 or 25,000 uh, tires. You collected quite a few also, Ibrahim, ba? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, between ourselves, Metro and DSW, I think uh, we collected in excess of 5,000 tires. All, of course, were dumped uh, strategically, you know, uh, a few days before the uh, proposed event so that they could set up these tires across the road and set a light, set them alight and, you know, cause mayhem. The fact that uh, we stole their thunder by taking it all away, uh, it just goes to show what can be uh, achieved if one takes a preemptive uh, action, you know, to stop this. Because uh, in my opinion, this was just going to be another free for all, you know, an opportunity for the criminal element to start looting. But uh, thank the private sector and, of course, government as well, who uh, sought and got an interdict to uh, prevent them from getting violent. And, of course, they had to eat crow in the end of the day and say, oh, yeah, we were just uh, going around and peacefully marching. You know what I'd say to that, right? Uh, that was a whole lot of bovine excrement as far as I'm concerned. They were looking to cause mayhem and trouble, and, and they just got caught out. So uh, excellent work by uh, Crime Intelligence, uh, SAPS, Metro, and, and all government uh, departments, municipal dep- departments that played a hand in this thing. Hats off to you all. You did an exceptional job. And uh, it just goes to show when the forces of good stand together, you know, they they don't stand a chance really because they are the ones that are looking to cause trouble. I mean, South Africa is already beleaguered with a whole host of problems and here they want to go and shut it down, shut the economy down as if that's going to change anything for the better overnight. It won't. You know, if we have the, this unity like how we showed, uh, you know, yesterday and uh, the, the day before, or we, we can clean a lot of things, mm-hmm. Ibrahim, and uh, the, the, the only thing we need is uh, unity amongst ourselves. And uh, But, you know, the, as you said, the criminal elements, the mafias are in town, and they. Uh, how do you clean up uh, that uh, cartel, you know, this uh, mafia cartel, Ibrahim? Well, the only way that's going to happen if it comes from the top, right? But uh, given the fact that... Uh, all our leaders, with a few notable exceptions, are all compromised insofar as having their hands in the cookie jar. The thing is, it's going to be difficult. You know, the thing is, you've got to be in this in this instance. If you want to really clean it up, you must know what you're going up against. Lives will be at risk, of course, uh, those that are looking to put things right. Uh, because uh, the, the, the lucre, the money, is just too big for them to turn it down. You know, the, the proceeds from... Uh, uh, criminal sort of syndicated crimes and organized crime as such. And of course, uh, the thing is you need uh, people with clean hands 
you know, no no uh, blood or bribery money or other crooked uh, affairs going on. And you'll need someone with a lot of guts and gumption to stand up and, and take them on. It's not going to happen overnight, like it didn't come to being overnight. It's going to take some time. But the thing is, all you need is a few good men and women who are there and determined to consistently work towards doing what's right, to see truth and justice prevail. And that is going to be a big ask. And uh, what is encouraging, however, is the fact that uh, everybody stood together. And I say everybody, I mean all the uh, various disciplines, the various departments of municipality, government, private sector, security, etc. I think it has finally dawned on the powers that be as to what can be achieved if they only work as one cohesive unit, which was demonstrated amply yesterday and the day before. So much so that uh, going forward, I think uh, the same will apply in the event that anything, any such uh, march or threat against the safety and security of a, firstly, the populace and of course the country uh, rears its ugly head. The thing is, they're just going to call on more of the same and it's going to work. It has been proven to work. It has worked in the past and there's no reason whatsoever if the people are committed and, and committed, I mean, to truth, justice and law and order and peace for everybody, it will work. And the thing is, sooner or later, it'll it'll dawn on the people that are trying to disrupt and, and destroy what's left of this country that it doesn't pay. You know, Ibrahim, uh, yeah, you're talking about the crime stats and, you know, I was wondering, you know, of this... Uh, uh, you know, the shutdown, but actually we shouldn't give it credence. Mm. It was more of a, uh, a letdown. And uh, I mean, it wasn't <laughs> even a letdown. It was, a, you know, a shot in the dark. That's yeah. what I'll call it. Yeah. And it, it, didn't, it didn't work out. Mm. But it cost uh, the country quite a bit of money, I mean, to uh, get those resources of getting the army there and getting the police forces. Yeah, exactly. There. exactly. Uh, a, couple, a couple of million. Them are, that party should be sued for... for, 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 for I, I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, how shall I say, litigation or uh, mm. cases being brought to bear in the wings, that's going to happen uh, in, in the days ahead. You know, and the thing is, uh, they I know that they hired, I don't know, 80 odd, maybe more buses to, uh, to sort of transport uh, their so-called groups around. And the thing is, uh, I made a point at that meeting to say that if those buses are used for transport and anything any legitimate uh, sort of exercise well and good but the moment moment they start parking them across uh, main uh, arterials and intersections and all then not only must the owners but also the drivers as well as the people that hide the bus be fined heftily and uh, yes uh, the thing is i think uh, that pressure was brought to bear by government itself and at the last minute the uh, the supplier of the transport, the buses uh, pulled out of it within hours. And even though they got paid for it, I think there's going to have to be some refund arrangements over there or whatever. I'm not sure. But uh, the thing is, it just goes to show if you 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 sort of cut off, uh, you know, the uh, plans, you know, at source, then it's very difficult for them to get the kind of uh, critical mass that they look for to cause these problems. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, it's important that... Uh, you know, everyone, you know, they say the price of security is eternal vigilance. And uh, I dare say, you know, that uh, there never has been a truer word, especially in this year. And coming back to the losses, indeed, there's going to be losses because out of fear of what happened in July 21, I guess, a lot of uh, businesses, retail and other businesses, even the uh, vendors on the, on the pavement, they were not there. And uh, I guess uh, that was just to protect life and limb and not to be seen 
you know, to be out on the street uh, when that might, uh, you know, happen again. But uh, fortunately, everything was well contained. And for once, there were more law enforcement uh, personnel than uh, demonstrators. So that was a good sign. No, absolutely, Bramba. And, and then you notice that the taxis pulled out and, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, uh, you look at the July unrest, it was a taxi that played a very important role in, mm. in, in, in enabling this to happen. You know, they were transporting people, they were busy loading their taxis and, uh, uh, you know, everyone. But it shows what an important role they can play if they're on the right side of the law, Bramba. Yeah, it's massive. And that is why, you know, one has to uh, cultivate and nurture relationships, of course, you know, on a legal basis, you know, there must be a quid pro quo at the end of the day. It's not going to be one way traffic that, oh, if we tell you that we want this, oh, we are above the law and all that, you just got to kowtow to us and listen to what we say. Nonsense. The thing is, there is a, there is a place for everybody and uh, they do provide a very, very important function insofar as the fact that uh, South Africa doesn't have any uh, semblance of uh, normal public transport per se, and it is only via the uh, taxi industry that uh, people are able to travel to and from work home and wherever else they choose to go. So yes, they play an important role, and it's it's good to uh, for government, you know, to uh, strengthen good and close working relationships uh, with the industry insofar as uh, the ambit of the law allows. Yeah, absolutely, Brian. Moving from uh, strikes to uh, to strikes in the UK, well, I, I noticed <laughs> that. Uh, yeah, I mean, everyone's getting our uh, the South African bug, and uh, they say the UK passport renewals face five weeks of strikes ahead of summer. They they're freezing there, Brian. Uh, look, just before we get on to that topic, uh, the thing is coincidentally, and if you believe in coincidences, which I don't necessarily do, uh, four major economic powerhouses of Africa just supposed to have had strikes or demonstration on the very mm. day. So it makes you think, right? So this has been well orchestrated. But anyway, our one fell flat. So let's get on with the business on hand. Yeah, it seems like uh, the strikes are going on regardless in the UK. I mean, that place is an absolute shambles. I can tell you this because I've got family, friends and, uh, you know, uh, colleagues industry colleagues over there that uh, it seems that the lunatics have taken over the asylum and are running it so much so that it's getting run into the ground so much so that a thousand members of the public and commercial services uh, will go and strike from April 3rd uh, and this is all because of a proposed two uh, percent pay rise that was offered them which they scoffed at and rightly so given the fact that uh, gas and electricity and other bills have gone through the roof and uh, this is going to mean that all passport offices in the UK, including London, will be disrupted in the sense that it's not going to be business as usual. And to make matters worse, uh, just ahead of the uh, forthcoming summer season, almost a million people have applied for passport during the same period in 2022. Now, if this strike is going to go on, and apparently it's going to go on for the uh, summer months, it's uh, at least five weeks uh, they, they, they are proposing ahead of the travel season. That's going to disrupt a lot of plans. And uh, in case you don't know, the thing is that people in uh, UK and on the continent and all normally uh, make their travel arrangements up to a year in advance. So that's going to screw up their plans uh, royally if uh, the strike should go ahead. And uh, like I said, on Tuesday, 133,000 
uh, civil servants uh, were on strike, and uh, that was on the day of the annual budget that was being announced. And last Thursday, the government offered a pay rise of 5% to nurses, midwives, ambulance workers, and other uh, people in that uh, sort of industry. Uh, that's in a bit to end months of strike. So they're not having it easy there. And uh, the thing is typically uh, being British and English as such, instead of looking at cleaning up their own backyard, they are too busy poking their nose into everybody else's affairs. So if they are getting the rough end of the stick, well, they deserve it because they should pay attention to what's closer to home. And uh, to couple that, that complication up even further, UK's uh, biggest airport also faces the pro prospect of a strike action over this coming Easter. And uh, over 3,000 security uh, engineers, firefighters and other uh, ground staff uh, will uh, come together today to uh, to agree on how long they're going to strike for and uh, when and uh, what is it exactly that they are looking for. So it's going to be disruptions uh, during this uh, coming uh, summer season, spring summer season at Heathrow Airport and it's going to lead to flight cancellation and people stranded at airports and things like that. Not a pretty picture, but this is what happens when uh, you have incompetence running governments. Yeah, you know, these uh, colonists and I'm looking at both, uh, you know, the UK and the US. Mm. Uh, did you know that they are running uh, private prisons on behalf of the government in this country? There's one run by the UK. Yeah. Uh, private company and one by the U.S. Uh, pri uh, you know, security mm -hmm. companies. Uh, how much is costing the government uh, in the region of uh, 60 million or something like that, Ibrahim? No, well, this is a business. It's a business per se. In America, what they do, they have uh, a syndicate, right? A criminal syndicate, you can call mm -hmm. it that. That includes judges and all these other so-called legal characters that should be beyond reproach, but are just no better than common thieves and crooks that they claim to prosecute. You know, they'll pick up, uh, and mostly blacks in in America, I've, I've followed up on the scene, they'll pick them up for no reason whatsoever, give them long sentences, uh, that's all in cahoots with the judge and the prosecutor and everybody else, and they stick them into these prisons, and of course life is not a joke in prisons, and they make them work for oh, something uh, disgusting, I don't even think uh, 50 cents an hour is uh, what they pay them or less. And of course, they take contracts out by governments and municipalities and all in cahoots with them. And they make a fortune at the end of the day. So it's a racket again, like everything else. Like they say, follow the money and you'll know where everything's going. Yeah, sad indeed, Ibrahim Ba. Then, it's uh, a disgrace. It's an absolute disgrace to mankind, really. No, absolutely. And as you said, uh, the dregs of society have mm -hmm. come to the fore. And, uh, yep. you know, we keep on reiterating that. Well, someone's asking me a question here. Why flights in South Africa are expensive? I don't think you're ever going to... I don't know Ibrahim Bar unless Ibrahim Bar gets his own airline. <laughs> Fly well with Ibrahim Bar. Hey, uh, you know, Aba, uh, and I know a lot of uh, the traveling public who have uh, flown uh, prior to uh, COVID and all the other stuff. South Africa used to be the cheapest place on earth to fly out of internationally or even domestically, right? All that has changed, right? And uh, this uh, has uh, twofold, what's the name, reason behind it. And uh, this came about because the two of the major credit card operators in South Africa uh, uh, did the number crunching and they came up with some presentation uh, looking at the spending trends from 2019 to 2022. And, uh, you know, just to forecast what's going to happen going forward. And uh, the two major reasons that drove steep increases in flight prices uh, in 2022 was, of course, 
the skyrocketing uh, price of uh, jet fuel, aviation fuel, if you can call it that. And of course, the uh, reduced uh, flight capacity. And this we're talking about purely in, within the uh, borders of South Africa, uh, domestic uh, flights we're talking about. And uh, so much so that uh, these prices have gone through the roof because of those two uh, contributory factors. And uh, would you believe that jet fuel went up by a whopping 82%? Now, that's a lot of money. And uh, in, 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 uh, in the same instance, once the flight, I mean, the fuel price went up, uh, uh, seat capacity fell by a huge 41% overnight when uh, Mango Kalula and BA uh, Comair went out of business. And uh, now they've got the double whammy of reduced uh, seat, seat uh, inventory and, of course, uh, higher fuel prices. And I think I mentioned when was it a few uh, programs back that uh, we are not even capable of producing enough jet fuel to, to sustain our own operation. And we've got to rely on imported uh, fuel. So that is causing a huge headache right now. And that is why the prices are where they are. And... Uh, the net result is that South Africans are now paying between 30 and 55 percent more for local flights than they did in 2019. And uh, what Ayata said that uh, uh, airlines uh, budgets, you know, the the fuel, the cost of operation, the fuel operation normally uh, got, it went up. Sorry, it went up to 31 percent, uh, almost no, sorry, 30.1 percent in 2022. And while they forecast that this might come down a few percentage points in 23, uh, they reckon uh, it's going to be in the region of say 20 to 27 percent operational expenditure. So. It's not going to come down anything uh, big anytime soon. So uh, we're just going to have to get used to that if we want to fly locally. And uh, of course, uh, 134,000 seats per week uh, for domestic flights uh, vanished with the demise of those airlines that I just mentioned uh, recently. And uh, of course, uh, for it to for so much to drop, that's almost 40% of the uh, requirement. For that to be lost overnight, uh, that has uh, sort of contributed to the increase in in, uh, in price because there's too few seats and too much demand. So obviously they can call the tune. Uh, Lyft, uh, that's the other low cost that's come into the market. Uh, he maintains, uh, the CEO maintains that uh, the numbers have recovered to about 75%, uh, you know, since COVID. And, uh, Hopefully, they're looking to increase uh, available seat capacity from 370,000 to 1.5 million in late 2023. That's all told. Uh, of course, appetite for travel keeps growing domestically, but uh, people are also wary given the tough economical, uh, economic climate. And expenditure on travel has increased across the board by 11% of total spending. And that's because uh, of the increased flight costs. So that's it in a nutshell, if you want to. Yeah, let's do some interrogation here, Ibrahim. But how many Muslims have tried to, you know, get into a flight or, you know, a local uh, flight or try to get their own companies? I know there's one, uh, they call it Toucan uh, Airlines or something, Toucan something. But it's uh, like a Muslim company trying to uh, get into mm. the local market. Have you heard of them, uh, Ibrahim? Ba? Yeah, I heard of a few initiatives, but the thing is, they uh, they flatter to deceive. To, to deceive, you know. The thing is, uh, it sounds all good, but uh, let me tell you something. One of the toughest industries to be in right now is the airline industry, 
margins are way first and costs keep going up all the time. And uh, it's just the lack of uh, seat availability that's keeping the, pl- the prices so buoyant because if you get a few players coming in and there's a glut of seats suddenly, then of course, uh, you know, market forces will dictate that the prices will have to uh, come down somewhat. But uh, yeah, some of them have tried, but the thing is you need very, very deep pockets. You need uh, very, very good connections uh, with the uh, people uh, in power. And of course, there's always going to be, uh, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch your sort of arrangement. So unless and until you prepare mm. to go down the road and take on the big players, and of course, they'll do their best to squeeze you out by lowering their fares, uh, just to squeeze you out the market before you can even get a start. So uh, it's a dog-eat-dog game, and uh, you really got to have the guts and deep pockets if you want to take it on. And of course, you've got to have the right personnel, and that is something that's uh, not easy to come by post-COVID. Yeah, and uh, is it true that uh, the, uh, you know, the wages that, uh, you know, the tenants or the attendants get, uh, you know, cabin crew and all that is uh, below par, Ibrahim? But I believe that uh, they are hugely underpaid. How true is that? Well, I guess for the job that they do, I mean, you know, cabin crew, they just uh, glorify the waiters or whatever, if you care to name the same profession. So whether they are paid uh, the uh, going rate uh, that's uh, gazetted or whether they are underpaid or slightly better paid than the rate, uh, I can't say for sure. But uh, it is not something anyone uh, that's got some gray matter between the ears would aspire to take it on. Yeah, if you're young and you want to see the world and things like that, then possibly, and you're single and footloose, yeah, you can take it on for a couple of years and uh, do what you have to do and get out of it. But the thing is now, for it to be a career per se, uh, definitely not on unless you're absolutely desperate and then, and don't have the uh, uh, qualifications to do something that's going to be uh, more sought after or in a better paid industry. Well, Ibrahim Ba, DA Lambase uh, ET Kweni for poor tourism uh, for the season, the performance. So DA is keeping a bird's eye view on the tourism in yet. Ask them to clean the Indian Ocean and maybe more tourists will come, Ibrahim. Ba? Yes, uh, Brother Shafar. The thing is, it's all very well to uh, criticize uh, and, of course, wield a big stick when you are not in the hot seat. And uh, what I can say is that, uh, and this is not making any excuses for what has happened, and, of course, the... Uh, the municipality has got its handful with uh, many, many challenges, uh, one of which is tourism. And again, it comes down to a having uh, the mandate, having the right personnel and have uh, personnel and in the right places. And of course, having uh, the means, meaning the money financially to be able to fix these things. And of course, we all know what a disaster it was after the uh, recent floods and things. And we are still saddled with those problems. So, uh, yeah, I guess it is the uh, DA just uh, trying to score some cheap points off of what is a fait accompli already and, uh, you know, trying to make out like they'd fare any better. The thing is, whilst they might be making the noise, and I, I don't hold any candle for any uh, any uh, political party per se. The thing is, uh, unfortunately, thus far, the uh, the DA hasn't had any experience of running the country. Maybe they're running Western province and they're doing a good job with it, but uh, running a province and, and running a country are two different things. So, yeah, let them make the noise. Uh, the thing is, it's uh, time now to maybe engage 
constructively to be able to uh, to be able to uh, to uh, you know uh, set things right as opposed to you know criticizing and 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 finding fault and things like that the thing is that that's been counterproductive and it's not going to change anything on the ground so uh, yeah that's my uh, take on it and i'm not for one instance shielding the gross incompetence and uh, corruption within the ruling party and our municipality as such yeah Ibrahim, but then uh, our final topic uh, it says five hacks to help you attract uh, travelers to your tourism uh, business i mean uh, you, <laughs> you know i mean you've been through the mill and you know generally uh, you know it's a seasonal thing that's the easter break the school break or that break all these breaks but that was the time that, you know, the travel industry used to score big time, Ibrahim Ba. What are the hacks they're talking about? Yeah, well, uh, look, uh, like in any business, you know, there are tried and trusted ways, uh, you know, in business is a bit slow to uh, get more, uh, you know, uh, foot traffic and more people through your business and make them, uh, you know, spend some money more with you. Uh, in the circumstances. Now, Short Left is a tourism initiative, a locally South African initiative. And uh, that uh, what they are saying is that they are encouraging South Africans to explore the country during Easter, as opposed to going back home and just sitting around their own dining tables. And uh, to uh, talk about the five hacks that they are saying, it's all hat really. And uh, anyone who uh, runs a, a bona fide travel agency or other business, uh, you know, will, will understand that these are basics that one has to uh, adhere to you to if you are going to a survive not just only thrive at the end of the day in this business uh, basically you've got to create local packages that cater specifically uh, to uh, you know your customs meaning the local travelers and uh, uh, you know give them a, a good deal overall a discounted rates insofar as make it affordable and give them some unique experiences and value adds as opposed to discounting, you know, uh, all the way. And uh, you must, of course, appeal to consumers' interests and preferences if you want to have anyone coming on board to to purchase whatever travel arrangements or packages that you are putting out there. Uh, second up, I think, is uh, you've got to be able to partner with your local businesses, maybe talk to your local restaurant here and uh, maybe residents as well and you know come together and uh, maybe your arts and crafts market and other attraction can you imagine you say go down to uh, durban and the thing is this restaurant is giving you what 25 percent off your bill family bill or something of course you're going to attract people because it's a saving and even a rand saving is a saving so uh, that is something that needs to be looked at and Next up is uh, showcase uh, local culture. I mean, we have many, many small towns that are rooted very deeply in culture and tradition. And uh, it's it's an experience, very authentic experience, you know, to showcase all these things. And uh, tourism partners can incorporate uh, local culture into their offerings, you know, such as traditional dancing, music, art, and uh, cultural sites, historical sites and museum. And of course, one mustn't be uh, naive enough to think that if you don't engage with the local community, you might just get away. No, you don't. You should engage and very strongly so, and you can do so by supporting that uh, particular dopey or town or whatever you are sending out there uh, to include hiring staff who know the area better than anyone and sourcing products and services from their local businesses and supporting their local charities and initiatives. And finally, 
uh, you've got to market your package as well. And today, uh, social media is all the rage. So you've got to adv- advertise your deals, your discounts and packages. And it's important that when people, uh, you know, chat on the line, online and things like that, you are uh, savvy enough or have people there to respond to them and follow it through to, uh, you know, hope that uh, whatever inquiry comes materializes into a booking. So uh, those were the five hacks. And uh, like I said, it's something that uh, anyone what they sort should know. Absolutely, Brahma. And then on a more happier note, uh, we are being ushered into Ramadan. And Don't inshallah, <laughs> yeah, and, you know, ushered into uh, whether we like it or not, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala turns the whole mode into Ramadan mode. It's divine decree. You've got no choice but to experience it and to enjoy it because Allah is hosting us. So Alhamdulillah, uh, you know, we are really looking forward uh, to that. Uh, we'll be off for about three weeks, Ibrahim Ba. So mm-hmm. perhaps, uh, you know, your thoughts and uh, your message to the listeners uh, this evening. Uh, yeah, with the, uh, you know, with the forthcoming uh, Ramadan, I think we are all uh, really excited and all prepared for it. Nobody, I don't think anyone uh, in their right mind will look at it as an impediment or some obligation that just has to be, you know, uh, uh, discharged. Rather, they love it so much uh, from every perspective, uh, spiritually, mentally, physically, psychologically, and of course, uh, looking at our physical shape as well. And, uh, you know, I think uh, we as Muslims are so blessed, so fortunate to have a month like Ramadan. And of course, the precinct months of Rajab and Shaban, you know, uh, you know, where we prepare and look forward to Ramadan. And all I can say is that we must thank Allah a million times over for making it possible, you know, for us to still be alive and in, in good uh, uh, health and spirits and looking forward to Ramadan so much so that we can reap the rewards and whilst we are on the subject of Ramadan I think uh, cleansing in spiritual and every other way is what is uh, needed and this leads me to a quote by Shamsa Tabriz no less he says the real dirt is not outside but inside in our hearts we can wash all stains with water the only one we cannot remove is the grudge and the bad intentions sticking to our hearts so I think everyone should uh, maybe heed that and clean our thoughts and our emotions and everything that we think, say and do during this month and draw closer, ever closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. I must uh, close uh, by thanking you, management of Radio Marqa Sahaba and all our listeners out there for giving me the opportunity to engage and I hope our engagement has added value to your life. Absolutely, Ibrahim. I wish you every success over the coming month of Ramadan, inshallah. Amin. I mean, uh, Ibrahim, we have to thank you for being there and, you know, so professional in your output and, you know, in the you know, the refined disposition that you have. It really resonates on, on this platform. Allah keep you. Allah bless you. Bless all your family members and, you know, the just and due rewards you will get for appearing on this platform is from the divine himself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will give you immense reward, Ibrahim. You will enjoy, Amen. inshallah, you will enjoy your Ramadan and I know that you are very focused indeed. Inshallah, we'll talk to you soon, Ibrahim Ba. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, I'd like to thank uh, Lucalo for great engineering. Keep it locked on to Marcus Sahaba for beautiful programming. From the team and I, till we meet you again, we bid you. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.